Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to First Lady and Friends. Today we have a great episode that um, we have a fun uh, guest, Amanda Millerberg. You are here because you have helped kick off a service campaign for our show up initiative. So let's talk first, Amanda, about who you are. Well, first of all, way to go on pronouncing my last name right, (laughs) because Millerberg is apparently a mouthful and we get all sorts of names, so... (laughs) <laughs> We're off to a great not, start. Not too bad. That, that <laughs> one seemed easy for me. Uh, it was good. <laughs> um, but who I am? Anything specific? Just roll with it? Yeah, roll with it. Where we, where you grew up? Tell me a little bit about your family. So I'm actually Utah, born and raised. Had the opportunity to grow up in Utah, in Sandy. Um, I grew up with you know the loving home, the mom and dad. Mom was an educator. Dad was self-employed. The big backyard and the sisters to fight with, you know, the the pretty, the great, the great family. Um, I split the difference as I got older. I have a degree from Brigham Young University. And then after I went and worked for the University of Utah. So I feel like I can root for both sides equally. Perfect. Um, <laughs> That's a great way to do it. <laughs> a little bit of love to both. My husband and I actually went to high school together and then reconnected um, after college we got married on a Wednesday and moved to Texas on a Saturday, the next Saturday. Oh, wow. And then we spent kind of our next lifetime, uh, the next time of our life living all over the country, which was an amazing experience. We loved it. We met amazing people, had amazing experiences, saw just this, you know, so many beautiful things that are that are around us here in our country and in the world. And we just loved that experience and having our kids in different places And then we kind of got to the point that we decided that we wanted to be closer to family again, and we wanted our kids to be by grandparents. We wanted to have the benefits of the outdoors in Salt Lake, and we kind of made our way back. And we've been back now and just love being here. We love the Salt Lake Valley, all that Utah has to offer in both uh, just the outdoors and the opportunity, and it's just an amazing place with amazing people. I agree. I agree. We also have today with us a return guest, Sarah Allred, who is part of our uh, Show Up Utah team. And she is here to talk about some of these things that we're we're getting into today. Yeah, we'll discuss a fun uh, campaign that you're kicking off and we can go into that a little bit later. Yeah, it's going to be perfect. Uh, We are really excited about this. Amanda, you have been working so incredibly hard with your team so we have we have our show up team 
and we have our board, but we also started this um, committee. It's our service committee. Do you want to just talk a little bit about what you guys have been up to? Sure. We really have worked hard to make sure that this this vision and goal that Abby has kind of come up with, we were able to implement that. And we, as she presented the goal to the members of the committee, we all felt the same way. We all felt the same passions about service. We all felt the same excitement, the same need. And we really just wanted to make this happen. And some of those goals that she brought to the table were not only doing service in the community, not only showing up and being available to build a community through acts of kindness and acts of service, but also starting a movement, starting a campaign that highlighted and pushed forward all of the stories and acts of service that were already happening. I think that service is something that is is happening often, but not always being quantitated. It's not always being counted. And for every act of service that happens, there's probably hundreds more that we're not counting. Absolutely. And we, we can't see everything, but we know that they are happening. And the more that we see and the more that we participate in, often we have that that energy that comes with it. And so a big part of what our committee has done is building this campaign and just sharing that awareness with people of what is happening and the good that people are doing and highlighting it. Yeah. So the team came up with such an incredible thing. Um, And, and, you know, I just sat back and watched this all come together and it was really cool Um, because Utah is known for in fact i just saw a, a map the other day it was kind of a infographic about um, charitable giving and um you know they had the different colors and the green areas where they give the most um charitable uh donations and utah was like dark green the whole region the whole state and it was really cool and i thought not only do we serve we 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 are and they they count this stuff they they keep data on this stuff uh for you know the states across across the country and utah is always and has been i don't know i i should look at how many years this has been counted but it probably since it's been counted we are number 1 for charitable giving and number 1 for volunteerism so i know our friends from Tennessee think they are the volunteer state, but <laughs> You're we here to prove really wrong. are the volunteer <laughs> state. Um, and so, what's what's fun is is you know I don't think this campaign is saying we're doing anything crazy or new or you know things that aren't already be, being done in Utah. But I think for me and maybe for you, you can speak to this. It feels like a celebration of that. Exactly. It feels like it's it's highlighting it. It's telling the story of it more than recreating something that didn't exist. So, Abby, what is the campaign? What is the goal? What's your yeah. vision here? Let's let's dig right into this. Let's dig right uh, in. Yeah. So we uh, the campaign, and hopefully you've seen it on our billboards. I hope you've seen it on your social media um, and in our traditional media. We've done some interviews to kick this off last month, and the goal is to do 1 million acts of service in the year 2022. Uh, again, I think that's just a fraction of what will actually be done, but we're going to make sure that we count 1 million acts of service in the year 2022. But really, I think the goal is to, 
to create awareness around the issue of connecting through service. Um, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but what I mean, what have you seen that's that's disheartened you through through this pandemic that maybe service can can change or can uh, fix? Well, I think about um, one of the reasons that I am so passionate about service. When I think about my process of kind of why I am here today, you know, as maybe somebody who's passionate about it, I just thinking about what has brought me to this point. Oftentimes through my adult life, as I've watched the news or read the stories, I get really frustrated. It's really discouraging to see the inequalities, to see the injustice, to see the grief and sorrow that a lot of the world and individuals are living living through. You know, so much division, so much um, just there's a, some sad things as we watch the news. And I used to feel frustrated or like, I want to help. I want to do something and not feeling like there was anything I could do. Like, what yeah. could I do as one person? What could I do as this raising my toddlers? And what am I going to do to make life better for these people? And really feeling like I didn't have any control or any power to be impactful. And whenever I would feel frustrated or sad or wanting to be impactful and not really knowing how, I would always kind of come back to kind of serving right here in my community or in my backyard. Like, what could I do here? What could I do for my neighbor? What could I do for somebody in my community or a program in my community where I can see the effects, where I can feel the effects, where I can go physically be there and help somebody? And making those physical connections that I could have one-on-one that were real to me. No, I didn't solve world hunger, but did I help one person have a better day? Did I make something easier for somebody? Will this child's future ultimately maybe have have a better day or have more ability because of what I was able to do for them? And so bringing back the power to myself, and I think people that are having frustrations or grief or anger with COVID— Looking instead of what is happening to me, but how can I help others here in my neighborhood, in my family, in my community that you are part of, that you're raising your children? And who doesn't want a better family and neighborhood and community for their children? We build that individually. It's all of those individual pieces that grow the community. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about um, the pandemic and, um, it's it's been such a unique crisis obviously because for for many reasons um one it's i don't think there's one person on the planet that it hasn't affected i mean that's that's how far reaching a crisis this has been which i don't think we can even really wrap our heads around that um and number 2 when there's been a crisis when we've had crises in the past when there's been something, you know, you think back to, to like 9-11, when you think back to even back to World War or, you know, whatever the the crisis is, um, it, it serves, you know, there, it's terrible and there's terrible things happening and terrible, so much suffering um, that, that we're see, that we see through a crisis, but 
it's a moment where communities come together. You think about, you know, you look back to World War, you know, different world wars, you know, our communities rallied around what, did, you know, women went to work to, to help, you know, the service members that were that were fighting, you know, whatever it was, you know, in that moment in 9-11, we saw a moment, maybe it wasn't as long lasting as we would have liked, but really the country came together and, and thought this is, this is a common, common enemy. Somebody's hurting our country and we, we want to rally together because of the nature of the pandemic. We couldn't come together. We literally couldn't come together. Well, I think the sad part is remember for that brief blip at the very beginning we did come together. Like, I remember driving down the freeway and seeing signs that said, we'll get through this together. And there was a brief moment, I think, where we did have this common goal and this ability to see what was happening. But it ended pretty quick. Yeah. And I think we all hit that pandemic fatigue and suddenly looked inward um, instead of outward. And we've just kind of been living in that space where we've been kind of living and dwelling, looking inward. So I really love this campaign you're doing. I think it's going to kickstart Utah to looking outward again. And I hope that people will take advantage of this opportunity to really start looking outward again because the pandemic has been hard. And I think in many ways we've had to look inward, but this is our chance to turn it around. This is our chance to look outward. Let's show up. (laughs) Yes. Show up for each other. Show up in a time where – we're we're exhausted. We're frustrated. We can look around us. I mean, I look around right now at educators. Um, I look at first responders. I look at you know medical. medical professionals who are thoroughly exhausted. I mean, so many of us have just you know you talk about fatigue. I mean, we are we are emotionally fatigued. We're mentally fatigued. We're physically fatigued. Um, there there's just a lot that. That, that people are suffering right now. And I think this is a really good time to start turning this around. Um, I want to come back and talk specifics about this campaign and how you can get involved. We'll be right back. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back here with Amanda Millerberg and Sarah Allred. We are talking about our Show Up for Service initiative, our, our campaign to do one million acts of service in the year 2022. And it's really easy. We've made it super easy for everyone to follow. It's as easy as one, two, three. Sarah, let's talk about the challenge. All right. So it's the one, two, three challenge. And this is our way for everyone to share the stories of things they see, things they're going to do, 
and um, people they want to get involved in this movement. So um, the one, two, three is to see one, and that is recognize um, someone that has served you or an act of service that you have seen happen. And um, this is all happening on social media so that we can all see each other's um, stories of service. So first you recognize someone that has served you or just a great act of service that you've seen. Um, Two is to serve two people. So find two ways or commit to two ways to serve people around you. Um, And you can share what you're doing on social media or just uh, commit to that on social media. Um, And then the third thing, and I think this is the thing that can really make this take off, is to invite three people. Think of three people that are going to jump on this cause and invite them and tag them on social media to join this challenge. Invite them to do the one, two, three as well. So um, this is, we are doing it on our Instagram, which is Show Up Utah, and um, we've had a bunch of influencers and some of our friends that have, have participated in this, and it's been really fabulous to see what they're doing and to see ways they've been served and to see those things that are meaningful in their lives and the things that they care about. And for me personally, it's been inspiring to see um, what's going on. And so that is the social challenge. This is going to be happening all year long is that you can participate in this and invite people. And the fun thing is, is that we're going to be able to do monthly focuses um, and focus on different groups to motivate and different groups to serve. Yeah, it, it's been really fun to watch uh, for me, especially because there's things that my friends are doing on social media and, and highlighting people that have done things for them. And I'm watching this and I'm just getting really inspired to do things myself. Sometimes we sit here and think, I don't know. I don't know what I can do. I, sometimes it gets intimidating and it's really it's it's really easy when you see somebody else doing something. That's how I work. You know, when I when I uh, need a project for school, if it's a Valentine box, if it's a, you know, whatever it is, I'm a good copier. So yeah. if I see something on Instagram or, you know, Pinterest, it's like a service Pinterest. Yeah, it is. Like Check out the hashtag show up for service. Exactly and there are all right. sorts of ideas on there for what people have done or things that have meant something to them. Yes, it's very inspiring. So, Amanda, let's talk a little bit about maybe what you're seeing and and maybe what your family's experiencing. Well, and I will also add, we're trying to make that easy. We're trying to give everybody a place to go to find the ideas. So not only can you go look at other people's stories and experiences, but on um, the Show Up Utah website, we have resources available for you. Not only is there just a list of resources of service that you can do individually and families, but we have several links to um, Volunteer Match and Just Serve and VOA, uh, Volunteers of America, all these different places where you can find opportunities locally wherever you are in the state. So use those as resources. We have put them all in a bucket for you. And then as well, um, Sarah talked about our monthly focuses. We want to make sure we're thinking about all of the different aspects and the different people because everybody needs this love and attention right now. So as we're focusing on different areas and groups of people to serve, we will be updating specific things you can do. You know, February, the the month of love, whatever, kindness, whatever, however you see Valentine's, we are focusing on families and neighborhoods. And there will be specific ideas of small acts of service and big acts of things that you can do easily um, within your neighborhood to share these acts of service. And please tag us on the show up for service so we can see these and and continue to to share them as we go forward. Um, But for me and my family, 
you know, like I, I said before, service has been a, a huge part of my life and my process. I think it's kind of part of my identity. And when I, when all my kids were young, I mean, some of them are still young. I have five children, and I wanted service to be a mind frame. I didn't a point of view. I didn't want it to be a one and done. I wanted it to be something that we were doing on purpose. Uh, oftentimes, I. As I was raising my kids, I'm like, it's all about them. Everything is about them, how things are in affecting them. You know, they're in an argument or something happened with a teacher. And off, they're children. They're still learning this, but they see how it affects them. And I took a lot of thought of, like, how do I help them understand to look outside of themselves? And and this is why it was something that I felt as a young mom that was really important to me and how I raised my children, that I wanted them to have these experiences. Um, it was not easy. Some of the service projects were so fun and so memorable, and some of them were just hard and stinky. I mean, honestly, <laughs> we have been on all ends of of service projects, and I had to be really creative. Some afternoons, you know, we'd have dinner, and I was literally dragging four- and five-year-olds over to the elementary school to pick up trash. Um, all my kids had to do piano lessons, and I would take them to the care center around the corner, and we would practice piano at the care center during lunch. So they were playing songs it. for the residents. So great. You know, some of these were very simple things, and some of them obviously were more elaborate. But again, I wanted them to see the opportunity, the opportunity of need around them, and that they could fill those need with small things, with big things. But that they weren't limited to, oh, I have to make financial donations. I have to show up in well, showing up, but I have to be there in a big way. No, every small piece. I don't. I don't think that we give the small and simple the power it deserves. Yeah. Uh, but as enough people will do the small and simple, it becomes something so great. And so f this is part of our family culture that we serve, that as a way of life, we're looking for opportunities to to share and show kindness to yeah. those around us. That's exactly right. And um, I'm sitting here thinking of the people in my life who have done, I mean, just little simple things for me. There's a there's a woman that I just really look up to um, in Fairview who's been a dear friend and mentor and just, you know, a part of our community for as long as we can remember. And um, she used to come visit me and it was just the most delightful thing. And I just think of her and think and I and I will say her name because if she's listening, she she should know how awesome she is. Her name is Peggy Bench. And I always tell my kids that when I grow up, I want to be like Peggy Bench because she there is there is not one time I've had a conversation with her that I haven't left feeling better, feeling better about myself, feeling better about my family. Just she's always so interested in me. And so that's to me, um, you know, even just being a, a Peggy Bench out there in the world and saying, you know, just having a conversation with somebody, it can be that simple. Um, leaving somebody better than you found them. Definitely. Um, you know, instead of being that, sometimes I tend to be the little gossipy and maybe I I get done with a conversation. I think, oh, that wasn't very uplifting. I shouldn't have said all that. And then, but, but it can be that simple in your family, in your neighborhoods. It really can. And I think sometimes we get stuck because we think that service has to be this big altruistic effort. And yeah, there there is a place for that. But this is... It also can be small, and we all have the resources of of kindness and humanity and manners that that we can offer this. I, nobody is limited 
you know, we we all have those abilities. I love the use of your word. Like one of our resources is kindness. I love that. I think some people have lots of resources to share and others don't feel like they do, but they do. It's kindness. It is that human humanity and recognizing the dignity of everyone around you. And that I think is the greatest resource out there. One of our good friends on our executive board, I really adore her and um, she can put together an event that will knock your socks off and reach so many people. And she was sharing on her story um, for this campaign and talked about buying extra sandwiches to give to someone um, at the drive-thru that just needed a sandwich. And I thought she can do she can do an event or a project like no one's business. But her mindset is such that she sees the person that just needs the sandwich that day. Yeah. And I th- I love that frame of mind. And I think that is what we're trying to do is to kickstart that in Utah so we can all have that frame of mind that it's not necessarily a project. It's just kindness. It's it's seeing what the needs are right in front and, of you. And just the effort, you know, that just that starting and making that yeah. effort. Well, and kind of making that, like you said, a point of view or a way of life, um, I think we we can get a little um, sucked in to our own troubles and our own problems. And and there are a lot that some of us have it's tremendous heavy. burdens. And we all have a lot of burdens right now. Um, I, I just don't think there's anybody going through this world scot-free. Just <laughs> I would love to meet them. Skipping around <laughs> with not a care in the world. Um, so I think the idea that we can turn around, see somebody that's suffering, and be get outside of our own heads. I think um, that's what this world is about. I, I've read one of my favorite books is Come Be My Light. And it's a it's a book about all the experiences. It was kind of a compilation of the writings of Mother Teresa and her spiritual journey. And it's it's seriously one of my most favorite, most impactful books I've ever read. And she you know, she was always criticized for, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if she was always criticized, but maybe that's not the, the word. But she certainly had her, the skeptics around her who who didn't fully um, see the vision of what she could accomplish because it felt too big. Um, she was she was in the slums of Calcutta trying to, um, a lot of times starving herself. Um, but trying to feed and trying to help the the poor in India, and I, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, why are you, doing, you? There's no way you're making a dent in the poverty in India, and you know, her her story was always, well, I'm not, I'm I'm helping one person today. Well, and that's the thing is, it meant a lot to that person. And yeah. if you really think back in your life, and if you had to think to yourself, can I remember when somebody did an act of kindness for me? I mean, if you just take 10 seconds, I bet everybody listening could think of something that somebody did for them. And maybe that was a small act, but the fact that you remember it means that it was a significant act for you. Yeah. And I think just creating this new vibe, I guess, in in the world, wouldn't it be amazing if, you know, the, the hard stories were at the bottom and the good stories were at the top of the newscast. If if we were celebrating the good instead of uh, constantly focusing. focusing on the outrage, if we because there's so much good 
I just think that obviously we we sometimes get in a mode of um, outrage, the addiction of outrage. And I think it would be beautiful if we switched that and had an addiction uh, to good. I kind of have done that with my own social media a little bit. I've kind of um, backed off social media quite a bit. And mostly I, I follow a couple of Twitter accounts that are just lovely. Goodable is one of my favorites. Um, there's this one that is just all happy things with animals that I watch all the time. And it's so great. And I can go through the world feeling happy instead of just a constant barrage of, of outrage and negativity. I just think there's so much good in the world that it's time to start focusing on that and and focusing on each other and the kindness and goodness we can see in each other. So we we want to keep this conversation going and we want to talk more about how we can get involved, how you all can get involved when we come right back. We're back here with Sarah Allred and Amanda Millerberg talking about service, talking about our show up for service campaign. Um, we've talked about the one, two, three challenge. You know what that is now. We're going to do 1 million acts of service in 2022. We are focusing in February on neighborhoods and families and how we can serve there. Um, I just, I want to talk a little bit before we get some specific ideas, um, on how you really can get involved and, and maybe some, some just ways to think about this. Um, I, I recently was in Washington, D.C. for meetings. Uh, my husband and I, we have the National Governors uh, Association meetings where the governors and spouses get together. And the spouses do do um, some incredible things, too. Uh, we had a really cool opportunity to go to the White House to meet um, the First Lady of the United States, uh, Jill Biden, and the second gentleman, Doug Emhoff. And... I think traditionally, again, this is our first year going because last year a lot of these events didn't happen. The NGA um, meetings didn't happen because of COVID. And so this was our first experience with these NGA meetings in person. And it was really interesting because um, I think traditionally there's been sort of these uh, formal luncheons and these kind of things. And I was so impressed with Dr. Jill Biden and her idea of coming together Instead of doing some kind of snooty little lunch, which I think sometimes <laughs> happens, not that they're bad, um, just that uh, she decided to, to mix it up a little bit and did a service project, which I thought was fabulous. We put together um, over a thousand um, care kits for service members overseas. Um, so we had all these spouses and staff members putting together these kits in assembly lines and, you know, things you've done hopefully before. But I thought it was really special, a special thing to do in the White House and to really pivot toward thinking about what we can do to serve when we come together like that. Um, we are also doing something similar this in in our area Um the legislative spouses usually get together for a nice luncheon at the mansion. And last year, we switched it up and did a service project at the YWCA, which was really incredible. We had such a meaningful day and and 
listen to their stories and the people who come to the YWCA and it was really cool. And this year we are doing a a similar thing, only we are um, focusing on our refugee families and we are doing a service project where we are grocery shopping at some one of our uh, associated foods grocery stores, uh, three of them, I think. And we are having the legislative spouses. It's it's an across the aisle, if you will, event where we come together with legislative spouses and are shopping for our refugee families, um, bringing them with us so that they under, they are picking out the food. So we're not buying anything that doesn't. Um, that they don't aren't uh, familiar with or aren't able to cook, and we're also bringing in some halal meat for them. Again, really sensitive to their cultural issues, um, and just making sure that we do that. In s- and then we'll have a lovely luncheon. But I think just Amanda, if you want to just talk a little bit about how we just maybe change our focus just a touch, so that when we when we're thinking about these events that we'd love to do again after COVID. We want to get together. We want to have these social events. Um, Just the ways we can think about it a little differently. Definitely. And I think that is a big piece about it is just kind of putting some thought to it and finding opportunities to serve that are within your realm or your interest. And and so there, there are a couple steps to kind of follow to find maybe what is the right match for you, for your family, for your kids. Uh, The first step is to ask yourself a few questions, um, thinking about what are you passionate about and also how do you want to be impactful? If you find service opportunities that fit within your hobbies or things that you care about, you're much more likely to have just a great experience and to to be more inclined to do more. Uh, The second question is, do I want to serve with my time, money or skills? You know, sometimes we think we're limited in what we have to offer or I don't have enough time or or I don't have the right skill set. When there's so many needs out there, there's just a, the same amount of variety as there is amount that we have to offer. You know, it, it goes both ways and there is a good fit. And then also the question of where are the pain points? And I know that sounds silly, but my husband and I used to always look for opportunities to serve and we're like, we want to do a service. We're going to go do this with our family and And we were doing it because we wanted to feel good. We wanted to do something positive. We wanted to teach this principle to our children. We're going to be these, you know, good parents. But they were good, but was what we were doing really helping and and changing what the need was? Like, where's the pain points? You know, like, Sarah, you talked about our friend who bought the sandwich. She's recognizing where there is a small need that where something can be offered that can actually make a change later and down the road. So recognizing those and being open to those when you're looking at how you're living your daily life, you know, how you're approaching your teachers at school, your children's teachers. Sometimes it's not about these huge acts of service on, I mean, I shouldn't say it's not about acts of service. That's why we're here today. (laughs) But it's not always about teacher appreciation week. Sometimes it's how we approach them when we have a question or a concern are we giving them the grace and the kindness and respecting them like, oh, thank you so much for sending this home. Can I ask you a few questions about this? You know, giving them the grace that, that, and respect that we want to offer and, and, and recognizing these pain points that are mm-hmm. the, and how we approach them. Now, the next step is honestly, it's very simple. The next step after ask, asking yourself these questions is just to start. 
you know, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, where do you where do you take your family to serve? I would have been like, I don't know. Where do you take yours? Because until you really show up, literally <laughs> knock on the door, make the phone calls, the more you do, the more you'll find. Exposure and opportunity comes with the more that you do it. And put it on your calendar. Become accountable for it. Tell your kids that we're going to do this. Tell your husband that we're committing to this. Um, just making it happen by by committing to it and then doing it. It can be a big step. It can be a little step. But I promise you, once you start, it will become easier and you'll find more opportunities and you'll find more connections and you'll find things that you love to do as a family and you'll find things that you love to do as an individual or with friends. Um, we take our kids to fill uh, food bags for multiple food insecurity programs locally in the state. And at first it became a thing that we did with our family. And now more than not, it's friends come and cousins come or neighbor families come and, hey, can I bring this friend? Or, hey, these two guys want to come with us this week when we do this. And it's so fun to share this with people. And people love doing it. They want to serve. They want to provide these opportunities. And and hopefully just looking at it from this perspective uh, can help you think of some ideas in your home, in your family, for your neighbors that could could bring on some ideas and some creativity for you. I love it. Sarah, do you have some specific examples that you've been working on too? Yes. So this month, again, the focus is serving as families and serving in and as neighborhoods. And I actually tried to get um, my good friend to come be a guest today, but she was too busy serving this afternoon. <laughs> said, of course. Yes. She had gathered all the little girls in our neighborhood to go um, put hearts on the door of a woman that's coming home from the hospital. So Aww. she couldn't make it because she's just that good. Um, but she, I, I talked to her because she is just a champion at creating a culture of service within our neighborhood. And it's not terribly difficult. It's not, you know, it's not real scientific, but I wanted to share some of the things that she has done that have really made our neighborhood just a friendlier, more empathetic place. Um, and I'm just going to give her, give her a shout out. Um, it's Melinda Rosevere. She's my great friend and she, she's really good at get bringing the neighborhood together to serve and to serve others. One of the great things she does is she organizes every um, holiday season we do a big neighborhood um, food drive. So she calls the Utah Food Bank. They bring in a big pallet. Um, and we do it in lieu of neighborhood gifts. So so fabulous. It's the best. So, so I don't. you could drop it off to her and it all goes in the pallet? So, well, she and she hosts a big night. So we get together. We have scones. And everyone brings What's her food address? to donate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I'll invite you next year. Um, and our neighborhood is one of the biggest um, collection points for the Utah Food Bank uh, because everyone comes out for it. Wow. Everyone loves to gather as neighbors, so we're connecting as neighbors. Um, we are making a, a sizable dent um, in food insecurity in Utah, and none of us ends up with counters full of cookies that we throw away in December, Because, yes. <laughs> which is great. I love that we're using our resources to bless other people and to come together as a neighborhood. It's a I mean, win-win. Yeah, it's a win-win. And win, fewer win. pounds. <laughs> exactly. Better for the waistline. Um, <laughs> and she's just so good at involving everyone. And everyone looks forward to it. And it carries throughout the year. Because you see someone that you met that night over a really cold fire eating scones. And it's all about um, serving through connection, connections and relationships. And when you get to know the people in your neighborhood – 
you know what their needs are. You know what to you know that your neighbor is coming home from the hospital and that she could use some outreach. And um, I think it takes one person to really get that going. Right. Like it can be you like whoever is listening to this. Be that person that brings the neighborhood together because we can make a big difference when we're working together and it just makes the neighborhood a better place to be. And I mean, my friend will drag all the kids to go weed the school like garden because it gets so weedy. And she, she I mean, and the, the kids kind of whine and complain, but they're together and they're working together and the neighborhood looks better. And I just love that she is constantly looking for ways to bring everyone together to serve. I think she's just a master at that. And the neighborhood's better. Everyone knows their garbage cans are going to be put away on garbage day because that's the mindset now is just to look for ways to serve others. And this, um, what's fun is if you go to our website, you can connect, um, contact us, or if you just DM us on Instagram, um, we are going to have available some neighborhood service kits. So I know some of your neighborhoods will do like the Halloween boo, like you've been booed. And we have something you guys can use to put on um, your neighbor's stores that has the one, two, three challenge and um, is a way to kind of kickstart that in your own neighborhood. So please um, contact us at showuputah.org and we will send you these door hangers and we've got some fun stickers and it's just a fun way to create that momentum in your neighborhood. Yeah, we wanted we want this to keep growing. We want this movement. We want it to be a movement and we want it to keep growing. We we think we can affect the way Utahns think about each other, the way we come together and connect again. Um, again, our, our show up initiative is all about finding ways to connect with one another through empathy and, and through service and through really looking at those people that need us most and being there for them. Um, uh, Amanda, is there any, is there anything we missed? Is there anything that you want to add to, to this movement, to, to what we're doing here? I really can't think of anything specific besides I'm excited. I'm, you know, I'm excited to see the stories. I'm excited to see how people are creative and, and find fun ways to serve. Um, I'm excited for, for the community that I'm raising my children in to, to be part of this community. Yeah. And I hope that people will either have found ideas or resources that they can then share and continue it and just excited to see what, what it turns out to be. Yeah. So anybody that wants to get involved um, again, we're, we're happy to send you um, some resources, some, some materials to get this started in your neighborhood. Um, we would love for you to share your stories as well. I know um, we have this sort of culture, and I think it's a good thing in in Utah about you know not um, bragging bragging about the service. <laughs> and I think that's where sometimes on that that you know number two, where I'm saying you know one two three challenge, and number two is you're you're talking about the service that you're doing. Um, and so it can get just a, a little uncomfortable about like, well, I don't want to, you know, just tell everybody all the service I'm doing. But at the same time, I think by sharing it um, in, in, a, in a humble way, we can tell your stories and inspire everyone else around us. 
So um, so let us tell your story. Um, then it th- doesn't feel so weird. But um, we want to tell your story of service. We want to tell the stories of other people who have served you. Um, please let it tell us on our website so that we can share that. Um, we want this movement to grow. I have to say, I did have a meeting again while I was in D.C. this last weekend um, with the CEO of AmeriCorps talking about service. And I, I told him about this one, two, three challenge. He was blown away. He was so excited and he wants to start it where he is in his uh, sphere of influence as well. So I think this this has the potential to grow and really be one of those goodable moments, those goodable things that we can look at to say, you know what, our, our world is not such a horrible place. It is a beautiful place. We have beautiful people that we can connect with. We have neighbors and communities that, that come together and love each other. We, we forget sometimes, but this is a great reminder that, that we do have that and we are so blessed to have it in here in the state of Utah. So thanks, Amanda and Sarah, for being here and thanks for being a friend. Thank you. Thanks for joining our conversation on our Show Up for Service initiative. Please tag us when you do your service. Please join us on the 123 Challenge. Do hashtag Show Up for Service and tag us at Show Up Utah on Instagram and Twitter.